forwards, Jon Snow's buttock crevice. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to Raven On, the podcast recap accompaniment to the Raven On recap, recap. Yes. Of Game of Thrones. Series 6, Episode 3. This podcast has more titles than Daenerys has <laughs> as Mother of Dragons. And you say them just as much. Well, we'll no, we'll get to... Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm Natalie Bohensky, recap respondent for Game of Thrones. With me, as always, is the sonorous Stuart Late. Hello, everyone. And Stu is as excited as I am that we're going to talk Jon Snow's buttocks. Oh, yes. But... Can you remind me later in this podcast, and mm-hmm. I think tonight's going to be a long one, okay. I'm just putting it out yep. there now, settle in listeners, but I just want to tell you a little bit about the Game of Thrones trivia night that I went to last week, right. so can you remind me to just bring that up at some point? Okay, I will remind you, yes. Because in many ways, it blew my mind. <laughs> like, I found out some stuff that blew my mind, and I want to see if it also blew About the mind. show or yourself? Kind of both. <laughs> kind of both. It was a revelation. And I had fried chicken. I actually had the fried chicken there we too, go. so it all worked out yep. well. Let's get started with this episode, Oathbreaker. And look, Jon Snow, he's mm, back. He's, he's back. panting. He's breathing heavily. It wasn't all a, a, ter- a wonderful dream. He's definitely back. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's a wonderful dream that he is back. So yes, of course. Yeah. It can be both. It, it is both. It is both. But he was nowhere. We, we found out when mm. Melisandre wanted to know where he was when he was dead. Yeah. which is, he was nowhere. Which is the same answer that uh, Beric Dondarrion gave, which is interesting that both oh, of you them remember, should say... See, this is why you're here, because I don't remember this stuff. <laughs> well, actually, I, I did go back and watch that scene, like I said last time. Oh, that's time. true. You did, didn't you? So that's kind of fresher in my mind. But he said the same thing. So it's interesting that both characters who've been brought back by Red Priests... They just say there's nothing. There's nothing on that other side. It's interesting. Almost like religion is wrong. (laughs) Hashtag controversial. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. (laughs) One day we'll all speak in hashtags and the world will be a better place. Mm. Hashtag better listen to my podcast or I'll cut your ears off, which (laughs) is a really redundant threat. Yes. Um, I think that's implied, really. Exactly. So, Jon Snow... The buttocks. Now, I, would, I would just like to point out for the listeners um, that in your notes, you, you have literally written <laughs> podcast, first point, Jon Snow, and then a picture of a bottom. No, no. So, it, well, it looks like a W. If you can picture a W, <laughs> it's supposed to be a sort of a curvy right. posterior. Um, look, I enjoyed that sequence. Uh, I don't know if I made I did that. too. Look, you know, let's, let's throw it out there. Like, you know. Kid Harrington, he's a good-looking guy. He is a good-looking guy. He's a well-built guy. Yeah. He's a surprisingly tanned oh, guy yeah, for uh, an icy Oh, really? He's, he's pretty pale. Yeah, I, I guess, but I, I still feel they kind of went over him with some body makeup. True. I, <laughs> there, there had definitely been some manscaping going on. Yeah, or like, maybe you know, maybe it was the lighting. True, You know, they lit right. him in a certain yeah. way, but I would have expected more blue veins. Because yes. like, I'm yeah, pretty pasty, yeah, and when it's cold, you, you can basically see And you, you haven't been living in, like, a, an Arctic hellhole for, you know, the last couple of years. No, no, I live in a tropical hellhole. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anything, he would be even paler. Exactly. Even yes. paler than me. As pale as my stomach, which never goes on display, because <laughs> nobody needs that. Least of all the guy who accosted me in the valley the other night. Neck tattoo idiot. <laughs> Sorry, a guy in the valley the other night attempted to crack onto my friend and then called me fat. So I don't need <laughs> that kind of vibe in my life, doof, doofbag, douchebag, doofus, douchebag. Yes. A doofbag. A doofbag. I, I'm sorry to start the podcast on such a negative tone. Especially um, when we're talking about John Snow's Exactly. Bar. I should be more reverential. Hmm. Point was, this naked sort of exertion led to... What can we say about Jon Snow being back? He was sort of confused. He was a bit stressed. Yeah, as he, he was, would be. Yeah. And you sort of realise, oh, I was dead. And then, as someone pointed out on, uh, I think, the Cheeseburger Gothic site today in the comments section, he, almost his first thing was, I was doing the right thing, and I got murdered for it! <laughs> he did seem a little bit outraged by that, like didn't he? When he was someone, like, when someone else in your class got an A, but they cheated on the exam, yeah, and you're yeah. like, I did the right thing, and I got a B, and they cheated, and they got an A. Like, it was that <laughs> level of tantiness. Yeah, exactly. But it leads to that wonderful exchange with Davos. Davos just knocking it out of the park. Oh. Right? He's like, you know, he was already one of my favorite characters. He already, he's definitely yeah. up there. Like, you know, it's so good. But like, he has that exchange where he's like, you know, you failed, you failed at 
being the Lord Commander. Now go out there and fail again. Yeah. That's what you have to keep doing. The, the point was he has another chance. Yeah. Yes, he fails, but wow. Yeah, you get another crack. Very often. <laughs> it's not very often that this happens. And yeah, I thought that Davos was just, oh, he was just adorable. And the way he said, who knows why you're here? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't. No. It's just like, well, he's back now, so... Do you think that was the showrunners sort of, and... like, subtly sort of talking to the fans as well, maybe? Oh, good A little point. bit. Like, like just yeah. sort of going, look, we know it's weird, but he's back now, so just deal with it. Let's get on with it. We may not explain. Yeah, that's this it. This may be something that you have to deal with. It wasn't technically our idea, but we were stuck with it, so let's get let's get on with it. <laughs> so he has to, um, well, he, he goes and meets his... Start, what do you call them? His charges, his men, his and men, yes, all yes. the wildlings and stuff, and they're all looking at him <laughs> like they've just seen a ghost because technically, in a way, they have. Hmm. And Torment Giants Bang. Torment just has the most perfect response to that, that whole yeah. situation. He's like, they think I'm a god. He's like, I know you're not. A I'm god. not a god. He's like, I'm I not a god. Not. <laughs> so moody. He's like, I know you're not. Yeah. I saw your Becca. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very embarrassed if I was a god with that Becca. Amazing. Oh, and then he goes up to Dolores Ed, which, and I noticed you that you've changed your Twitter handle at the moment to. Oh, yes, yes. Is it Dolores or Dolores? It's Dolores. Dolores, yeah. Disco Stew is now Dolores. Dolores Stew. Just for the duration. Yeah. Just Might be something theming. afterwards, yeah. Who knows? Theming. And he cracked a smile. Yeah. Because he joked, he said, I, I, I think this is still me in here, but hold off burning my body. <laughs> And Ed says, is that really, that, that was, was funny. That was funny. Is, that really is that really you? And John so smiled. He did. He did. I, and I tell you what, they're few and far between. So when they, when they get there, it's pretty notable. Yeah. So it's good stuff. He has such a great smile. That's a great little exchange. We, we had two or three really great exchanges between these characters that we've come to sort yeah. of know and, and love. It's good to see. It's really nice to see, uh, you know, that they were actually genuinely happy that he was alive and, and mm. back with them. It was mm. great. And then, of course, he had to meet out justice. So that was sort of the start of the episode, and then all the episode happens, and then we go back to the yeah, castle. Yeah, it's by the end. castle black stuff. He has to meet out justice to a couple of randos. <laughs> a couple and of randos. And so Alice. So Alice and um, the the ultimate else, the ultimate else. the ultimate villain of Westeros. Who was it, Stu? <laughs> Westeros's greatest monster, Ollie. Now, who swung in the breeze. <laughs> And got what was coming to him, and I'm glad he's dead. You are? He was not... Like, did you see him? No did you see him? Like, <laughs> even even Sir Alistair has, like, the la- his last little bit where, you know, he actually explains his case, and look, he's still a bastard, but the way he explained it, you can actually see his point of view, and at least he was true to himself. He never... He had no illusions about what he was doing. He didn't think he was being, like, some sort of hero. He did his duty... He did what he thought he needed to do, and he said, I'd, I'd do it again if I had my time over, even knowing what was coming. And he has a little dig at John by saying, I'm, I get to rest now. Yeah. And you'll be fighting the wildlings and everyone for, you know, ages to come. Off you go. So it's a little dig. Right? Ollie doesn't say anything, just stands there looking like a sullen little shit like he has for the last, like, ten episodes. <laughs> so I'm glad they hung him. And that's all I have to say about that. But it was, it, I mean, it was brutal because they showed, like, normally when um, hangings are shown on film, there's generally some tasteful cutaways. There's generally, mm. uh, you know, someone sort of choking and maybe they're rescued at the end. So that it doesn't get too horrific. Yeah. But they had the bulging eyes and the, the necks at really horrible angles. They did go for it. And it was interesting that the show, like, And, and Ollie's a kid still. He's yeah, a kid. That, that's and, it. And you saw even, even though he has him. had a hell of a growth spurt over that night True. that uh, happened. But, you know, he is, as a character, he's still absolutely a kid. Um, so it was weird to sort of see, especially on him, too. That was the thing. Like, in a way, they were definitely appeasing bloodthirsty fans like me who just wanted to see him die. <laughs> But I did actually feel, and it was that it was a similar thing that happened with Joffrey, where they do sort of say, "Well, he's dead now, and he died very badly. Are you happy? Yeah. Like, are you happy now? And you do sort of go, "Well, no, not properly. Like, you know, like it would have been nice to see him get like, you know, some. I don't know. Like, hanging is like choking to death is a very bad death, and Joffrey died that way, and now Ollie's died that way, and it's it's not the best way to go." No. If, if any way is a good way to go, but, you know. What is it Tyrion says in season one? In, in my bed, 
girl and so, something. Yeah. We can all remember that classic yes, Tyrion exactly. line. Somewhere about <laughs> where a girl's lips were. But... 100, at 100 years old. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. so that's the way to go. Uh, what is it? Isn't it Aemon Targaryen who died, the old maester at the wall? And yeah, he like just died, died in his sleep. Yeah. Died, died peacefully in his sleep, yeah. <laughs> I see, okay, I got a question wrong on the trivia night about yes. that because one of the questions, it, it was challenging trivia, it was good trivia. I bet it was, yeah. Because I thought that I'd go in, sweep the floor with everyone, you know, drop mic, walk out, much <laughs> like Jon Snow does, we'll get to that in a second. Yes, absolutely. But it was really challenging trivia and yeah. I came seventh out of twelve. Mm. Which is bang smack in the middle. It is, yeah. One of the questions was how many Targaryens have died during the course of the series? And I was racking my brains. And like on was, screen? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, during the course of Game of Thrones that we know. Like, do we count since, Rhaegar in that? No, or? no, no. So since, you know, since... since what, I mean, that's, watching, a very, that's a very ambiguous word. No, no, but he did, he, he did say, since, since Game of Thrones started, since we've seen right, okay. Game of Thrones start, how yes. many Targaryens have died? Well, and we've seen Viserys. yeah. We've seen Eamon. Yeah, well, I forgot about Eamon, didn't I? So that's I? two. So I put one. Oh, right. Okay. And then <laughs> I was all nervous because I went, is he going to count Daenerys' baby? Because remember how she was pregnant back in series one. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been died. a Targaryen. He would have been uh, I'm sorry. Yes, a he Drogo. He still would have been a Targaryen. <laughs> well, like, yes, I guess. He had but... Targaryen blood. Yeah, but if you go by the male line, like, it, he would have been a... Oh, I see. Khaleesi. Well, I see, Stu. We're going by the mail line. <laughs> well, well, the show does. Freaking patriarchy. Not, hey, this isn't my. This isn't my. Oh universe. no, no, no! You just, oh, I look, just. Consume. I noticed that you came in leathers with your hair all in a braid tonight, sure, Stu. Don't, yeah. I see your horse look. parked outside. <laughs> I thought that could be counted potentially, but no, yeah. it was two, yeah. and I completely forgot about Eamon. This is the thing. I thought that my memory for <clears> a lot of this stuff was better than it was, and where I was good is at mm. things like family mottos. House sigils, you know, loyalty, yeah, some like of the that stuff. Of, yeah, oh. some of that stuff I was I was good at. But even the first question was name all of the Khaleesi's titles. So you know, oh, so Daenerys, Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, mm. Queen of the Andals and the First Men. Yeah. I forgot the Roinar. I left out the Unburned. Well, do they, they include Rainer the Roinar in the show? Was it going by show rules or was it going? No, it was by... going by show rules. But well, so I then think the Roinar, been... the Roinar shouldn't have been in there. Well, I think I still yeah. got a tick for that. Anyway, the point was, I left out Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea. Yeah. I put Khaleesi of the Dothraki Sea. And I had Queen of Marine. I had Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons. But there's some other ones that I missed out on. Oh, anyway, okay. we swapped. She has a lot. She has thing. a lot. We swapped with the team beside us to mark the sheets. Yeah. And so I was sitting at a dry bar just by myself. Mm. And the two guys at the dry bar next to me were like, they were like, they were kind of like used to, I think. <laughs> you know, kind of sort of hair. So, you know, ro- roguishly handsome. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, roguishly handsome, heavy metal shirts. Um, one had a beanie, <laughs> shorts, joggers, kind of greasy. See, see un- unfortunately, unfortunately, when you say they were like me, I know exactly what you're, <laughs> yeah. what you're referring to. The kind of, <laughs> kind of like um, generally socially approachable heavy metal nerd type. Right, yes. So not not super nerdy and computers, but like yeah, I'm going to go to a rock concert and Game of Thrones, yeah. Hmm. And they were imagine you and Doyle. Right. Stu has a best friend called Doyle. He's great. Hi Doyle, if you're listening. Imagine you guys going to Game of Thrones trivia. That's basically who I was sitting next we to. We would well, actually, we would be heavily hamstrung because Doyle doesn't actually watch Game of Thrones, so he what? would be doing guesses at best. So he won't be listening to this at all. He won't be listening to this until he does watch it, and then he goes back and listens to the podcast because I force him to. Right. Yes. Doyle, you suck. So when you hit this spot, Doyle, you in suck. 2040 or whatever you <laughs> yes. do. I'm really surprised he doesn't. He just strikes me as a uh, Game of Thrones yes, guy. Yes, kids. Yeah, he doesn't have time. Oh, God, kids. <laughs> they, ru- they ruin your pop culture cons- consummation. Point is, they got everything right. I'm sure so they did. So they had every title. <laughs> and I knew from that, it was the first question, and I went, I'm stuffed. Mm-hmm. These guys are all over it. Yeah. And they... In the first round, they were maybe two points off, you know, complete wiping it. Yeah. Second round, they were half a point off a full score. Wow. They still came second. So there was a team there out there who got, like, perfect. Who came, who, yeah, who got, like, maybe one point wrong all up. It wow. was incredible. And you know what their team name was? One. The North doesn't quite remember. <laughs> the best factor, and I wish I had my notebook, but the best thing about this were some of the team names. Yeah. I was mother of kittens, of course, clearly. Yeah. The guys next to me were Thorn in Your Side, which I wasn't quite sure. Okay. 
There must be a house called Thorn like or something. Alice, Alice of Thorn? Oh. Like, yeah, yeah okay. that's yep. where it would have come from because I call him Trump now, so I forgot. <laughs> and there was Dykes from Pike. <laughs> I think that was a table of men. Fantastic. Uh, there was Bros Before Hoes. Crows Before Hoes. Crows Before Hoes. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah, that's good. There were a bunch of really good that's ones. Great. I'll have to find that's them. Some top, that's a top flight name. That's oh, there fantastic. were some great punny names. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was quite thrilled with all of them. So these guys were incredible, and I don't know if they listen all, but they, they wiped the floor with me, and I was very I hope they do. I, ho- I hope that people of that caliber yeah. of Game of Thrones nerds listen to us. But they, they were across everything. And then they were doing that thing that you do at Trivia when you know you've got the right answer, but go, yeah. no, it was definitely, it was definitely Carl Drogo. Uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, one that I got that they didn't mm-hmm. was what do the Hound, John Aaron, Old Nan, and a bunch of other characters mm-hmm. have in common? They all died or... Yes, but... They all died off screen? They all died ah, off screen. Ah, right, That's yes. exactly right, okay. and I got that. Right, okay. And the other guys were like, oh, they're presumed dead. And I was like, that's not right, though. Mm. That's not right. They died. Their deaths happened off screen. But can I tell you the big revelation? And <laughs> yes. we are getting to this earlier than I planned, but I'll tell it anyway. Okay. So the second question of the night right. was... Because you had musical questions and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second question of the night was... What theme is this? And he played a piece of music, and you had to guess oh, what is, house theme. This is was. like okay, yeah. So I know the Baratheon theme really well. Mm. That's da 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 da, and the Stannis theme. The mm-hmm. da, 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 da. so I'm kind of good. I thought I'll be all right. Did not recognize it. Yeah. So I thought it was like Jon Snow and Castle Black. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think that's right. I don't know who else it could be because it was kind of melancholy. and. Yeah. So I was trying to think. And then he said, as a clue, it was played in the second ever scene of Game of Thrones. And I thought and I went, I know that scene because we rewatched it not too long ago. It's the scene where Cersei and Jaime are in the great set John Aaron's body yeah. is on the is, table. Yeah, he's, got the he's just died, yeah. and they're talking about what's going to happen now. They're mm. talking about Casterly Rock, and you work out that they're brother and sister. And so I thought it must be Lannister. Now I don't know the Lannister theme off the top of my head, but I was pretty confident. Yeah. The answer though mm. was Baelish. It was Baelish's. It was theme. Baelish's theme. Think about it though, Stu. Baelish's theme was playing. In the scene where John Aaron oh. was lying dead on the table in the set. Oh, that's really clever. And, and we find out. We didn't even pick that up on the rewatch, did we? No, because we don't know the we themes don't know well the enough. Theme. Because we're not the thorn in your side, guys. Well, that's true. That's Admittedly, true. they didn't know the answer to that question, too. That's but right. that blew my mind. That's they incredible. put Baelish's theme yeah. under before, the scene. And, and the great thing about that is that. As a viewer, you would have no idea what no that meant idea. at the time. They were telling you yeah. from the start. This is who did it. This, this is, is who did it. <laughs> and we only figured that out another three, four seasons down the track. That is three fantastic. Three seasons down the track. That's really amazing. Oh, mind blown. I am, I am so happy with that. So that's why this was really good Game of Thrones trivia. Fantastic. Because, that's great. Like he asked me at the end because I'd been solo and he said, oh, was it too mm. hard? And I said... My initial response, what I want to say is, yes, but that's only because I didn't win. <laughs> and what I, I really liked it, in fact, because I was really challenged yeah. and it made me go, ah. And there was and at least one question where you were like, I understand the show better now. Yeah. That's amazing. So there were a few instances of that, but that was the best one. Absolutely blew my mind. I like walked home going, it was back. They set, they set it all up. They set it. That's it. From the outside with the music. But is that on the internet? Had, had, did anyone ping to I that? Don't, I don't, I've never seen that before. I, have they I released don't know the if... sound? I don't even know if you can get the soundtrack. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. But someone must have pinged and put it together and gone. I've yeah. never seen it before. Though. I've, I've never heard that. never heard that. So amazing. well done. Fantastic. Game of Thrones trivia. <laughs> Anyway, so Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) We're back here. It's going to be a long podcast. Jon Snow, after he executes the rebels. Yes. His murderers. Yes. Dolores Ed says, we should burn the bodies. He says, yep, you do it. And then hands him his cloak saying, wear it, burn it. Don't care. I don't care. Castle Black is yours. And then he says the great line. Yeah. He walks away (laughs) down through all the other jaw-dropped yeah. Night's Watchmen and Wildlings who are all like, what? What's going on? And there he is back in his sort of his leathers mm. and he strides out 
and says... My watch has ended. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's so good. And, and, it's and, so good. Yeah, and, and it is that thing that we talked about. Like, you know, he, he died. That effectively releases him from his vows. His watch had ended. Uh, he's done. And he walks out through the tunnel. Now, Rhino... Hi, Rhino, if you're listening. One of our American mm. listeners. He was having a bit of a go saying, did he realise that he just walked out with no supplies and no... Now, look, let's just say this was a metaphorical mic drop and he was going back to his quarters to pack up or something. Like, I'm sure there are multiple tunnels. I'm sure that wasn't the main tunnel. No, I think he'll be okay. I think think he's not, he's not just going to walk out of Castle Black. But it was like, you know, (laughs) drop mic, boom. It was. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. It was, it was a fantastic way to, to end that episode. And just the endings of these episodes have been so good this season. Yeah, been one, yeah. two, three, it's been bam, bam, bam. And I thought it was going to end at the previous scene. So let's let's talk about the previous scene to yeah. that. The, the last scene but one, which was the discovery of small John Umber as a character and his interaction with Ramsay <laughs> Bolton. Now, I... They, that might be the best casting I've ever seen on the show. Um, to get the guy who would be Great John Umber's son because he looks and sounds like yeah. a younger version of Great John Umber. But he it's incredible. Watched, he would have watched that as well. Oh, get... yeah, sure, yeah. But but you're right. I mean, Remember last week you were asking, has Great John Umber died? I said, Umber wait, died? is Great John Umber dead? And yes, never, the answer is yes. Yeah, we never <laughs> saw it, though, but maybe it was in battle. Maybe and I guess he bled out from having his fingers bitten off by Rob Stiewolf. <laughs> it took him It took him two years, but eventually he bled out. <laughs> He's a big guy. There's a lot of blood in him. Um but, uh, yeah, no, it was... So, you know, that, that answers that question. I'm a bit sad because he was a great character. His son, though, great character too. <laughs> so good. You know, I actually... <laughs> your father's up. <laughs> My beloved father. Your father's up. <laughs> and it's in that northern accent too, yeah. which makes the C-bomb just sound so much more delightful. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It really does. It really does bring it out. As opposed well. to in Australia where it's all... Nah, it's all it nasal. Is very nasal, very harsh. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit this more one melodious. is like, It's that more Anglo-Saxon sound yes, as exactly. opposed to the nasal Australian. <laughs> <laughs> one day Australians will lose all diction stew. Yeah, it'll just be a series of vowels. A series of vowel yeah. sounds. You'll be reading the news going. <laughs> <laughs> That was seven people were murdered today, yes. <laughs> Prime Minister called an election. But Great John Umber is... Because he little, was little mentioned... John sorry, Small John Umber. Is it Small John? Is that small John. Small John, yeah. Little John Umber would sound like one of Robin Hood's That's variants. right, yes, of course. <laughs> little John Umber. Well, they kind, of, they kind of have the Robin Hood and his merry men running around the Kingswood, don't they? Yeah, or? true, true. <laughs> but... This is a really interesting theory because I loved Small John Umber coming in and saying, mm. yep, I'm here. Yep. I want your help. That's the new, the change in the political landscape. Yep. Lord Carstark, who was trying to mock him, he said, well, you used to be, you've got blood relatives with your, um, Carstarks are related by blood. They're related to the Starks. To like, the you Starks. Know. And you're prepared to swear fealty to Bolton. Yeah. So here we are. And he's very pragmatic, very practical, just does not give two hoots about what anyone thinks about him or anything, particularly not Ramsay, and just sees through Ramsay. Yeah, straight away. Like, like doesn't believe his mind. Your father was a beep, and that's why you killed him. Like, does not even... Yeah, doesn't entertain it for a second. And, like, then goes on to say, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any vows, I'm not gonna kneel, we're just gonna do this. Yeah. Um, because we're all in this together, so let's get it done. And then he produces a present for Ramsay. Yes. Which slightly no. changes my opinion on him, but there's been some really good theories being floated on um, Cheeseburger Gothic today in the comment section, so mm. I want to get to those. But okay. he brings in two hooded characters who we know in our gut. You just know who's who's going to be. Osha and, and yep. Rickon. But of course it is. remember last week when it popped into my brain and I went, oh, of course, last week Lord Castup told Bolton, if we have the Glovers and the Umbers, we're more powerful than the rest of the North combined? Yeah. So he was already clearly trying to work with him or reach mm. out to them or something. I thought that meant they were already on board, but they were clearly trying to set up a partnership. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it then, but I was like, but if the Umbers have Rickon yeah. and Osha, that means Ramsay will know about them. Yeah. If they come, go into a, 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 you know, a detente with them. Yeah, absolutely. Not a detente, an entente. 
<laughs> detente is a cooling of, no, a warming of relationships and cooling of tension. And entente is like a agreement. Right. I think I'm rem- remembering my words. <laughs> Your French words. My French words, I think. <laughs> Do we really need to complicate these storylines with, fr- <laughs> with French um, phrases? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> the theory goes, though, because he presents Rickon and Osha, and then Bolton's like, how do I know that's Rickon? Mm. And then, thwack, they thump down the head of Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog's dead. I, I was like, can you stop killing Direwolf show? Can, can you have some stop respect it. for animals? Come on now. Stop so, killing direwolves. So mean. Jeez. Every time the direwolf cops it. Why do they have to take their head? They did that with grey wolves. I think the only the only ones le- the only ones left are Ghost and, and Nymeria running around the, well, the forest Well, Summer somewhere. as well. Brand oh, Summer still. Summer. Should oh, Brand and Summer's up up north with Brand. Yeah. Summer should still be somewhere around that meth den. <laughs> yes. And Nymeria is hopefully running around the Riverland somewhere yeah. as big as a house. So we've still got three out of three, There's I guess. There's three out of three. Mm-hmm. Only two know we know where they are, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> so, so... Someone pointed out, and I can't take credit for it, but someone pointed out that Shaggy Dog actually ended up being a Shaggy Dog story. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that's a nice little full circle moment that is, for that yeah, character, I guess. really come around. But I mean, I think out of all of the Stark kids being the youngest, I mean, they all bonded with their direwolves, but I feel particularly sorry for Rickon if yeah. the dog is dead because he, you know, was the youngest when his parents died. Yeah. He had to, his, his castle was taken, oh, his home was taken over by Theon. Hmm. Then he's been on the road. Then he, So Shaggy Dog's been the one constant really in yes. his life for some years now. <laughs> so to lose him, I think is, is quite devastating. Yeah. But there's a theory going around, apparently, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I haven't looked up the full extent, but there were some commenters on Cheeseburger Gothic talking about how the Umbers may be playing a long game yeah. and have Rickon and Osha there as a plant, yeah. and they're in on it, yeah. to trap Ramsay, yeah. and to get rid of Ramsay, Absolutely. and to restore, I guess, Rickon to Winterfell. That, that didn't occur to me when I was watching the scene for the first time, but then I heard that theory and I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. The Umbers were always very loyal to House Stark. And even though Great John, you know, clashed with Rob early, he was very committed to Rob throughout the war. Yeah. So, you know, to then have his son suddenly go, well, you know, bugger the Starks, we're going to, we're going to throw him with the Boltons. Like, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem in character. It seems really strange. Then, of course, like, we do have all these, like, young lords taking over, these millennial lords uh, who don't do things the way their fathers did, you know, so I don't know. Who knows what these young, entitled lords... I guess it depends on whether he wants personal power because his stake that he was telling Bolton about is that, you know, he likes killing wildlings, that's fine, Hmm. but 1,500 of them possibly being led by Jon Snow is... Too much. A little bit, yeah, a little bit difficult. But having said that, if he were to meet Jon Snow, <laughs> mind you, Jon Snow's not in charge of the wildlings anymore. Well, that's right, exactly. They so could what's going to happen there? An army and, mm. you know, march north. But apparently there are some conspiracy theories out there about those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. happy to hear hints of them. But I, I'm always wary now, particularly as we're not, like, it was easy to go, don't spoil me when the books were out there. But now yeah, that but we're now, in. Now people are just guessing and yeah. it's like, well, maybe. And I we'll... don't even know whether reading theories is something I should be. Avoiding because that's potentially yeah it could a just spoil things yeah it, it could absolutely uh, ruin something for you. I think this leads us really quite well into another theory which we saw come well almost to pass. Oh, we did, and I got very excited. The, well, almost until uh, the show teased us yeah. at the last minute. Uh, the R plus L equals, equals J, J theory. Um, it poses that Rhaegar. And Lyanna, Rhaegar Targaryen yes. and Lyanna Stark fell in love. Yep. And rather than actually being abducted by him, so the story goes, according to Robert Baratheon, yep. they she ran away willingly. together. Yep. And so that she gave birth to a child. Mm-hmm. That child was Jon Snow. Yep. Ned Stark had to promise her to bring the baby up as his own bastard to protect him. Mm-hmm. Or, well, to promise at least to protect him, and he chose to call him a bastard yep. and that sort of thing. So what we saw this episode was Bran... Walking back in time. <laughs> Let's do the time walk again. <laughs> and seeing the battle yes. at the Tower of Joy. Which, because this is something that like book readers have known about for a long time. Like they've, they've 
they must have lost their minds. They must have lost their minds. To see, I mean, Sir Arthur Dane, who was apparently, and we saw, like, the best knight that there's ever been, the, the best swordsman in the Seven Kingdoms. Mm. He was Just, roguish, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a, real... a mix of Daniel Craig and Clive Owen. <laughs> Which is a good mix. That's a good mix. It's a good yeah, mix. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, they had this sort of perfunctory discussion. Held them off very well. Um, I, I really liked, and I, I had thought, I wondered what they were going to do. I wondered if they were going to bring Sean Bean back to be Ned Stark. But then I thought, then I realised as soon as, like, the, the they got there, like, they weren't very old. Like, they were still... They were about 20. Yeah, they were, they were very young when they, when they went there. So it wouldn't have really worked that much unless they weirdly de-aged him like they seem to be able to do now. But, but the guy they got was a pretty good... But, and this is the thing, when I first saw him, I was like, well, that doesn't look anything like Sean Bean. But then he opened his mouth <laughs> and he sounds exactly like Sean Bean. And they did his hair the they same way. They did his hair the same way with the top knot. the same kind of tunic. Yeah, he was wearing the same clothes, basically. Mm. Which suggests that um, Ned Stark is the type of man who wears the same clothes for 20 years. Which actually is very much in character. Yeah. I, that, that's not out of character at all. He, uh, sorry for the noise. The kittens are playing with tingly balls. A victim. Yes. So yeah. So so Ned Stark is at the and and his little crew. And there's a moment at the end after the fight is over, which we'll get to. But there's a moment where he's climbing the stairs and he stops because he. Brand has yelled out to him, and he turns around as if to say, "What? You know, did I hear something? Is mm. someone there?" And of course, there's no one there. But there's a moment when he's paused on the step, and his back is to us, yeah. and it looks like Ned Stark from the back. Yeah, he's like, got he's that, got that the hunch. Same hunch <laughs> that kind of sort of slightly always at the ready. Yeah, uh, that was for me, and the hair pulled back. That was for me the most likeness of seeing him from behind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they really nailed it. Like. Oh. <laughs> but he, did, he, did, he sounded so good. It's like no, now it ends. He's already that weary weariness. Well, he's he's fought he's fought a war at this point. Like yeah. this, this is this is the, the last battle basically of the War of the Rebellion. And they did not look up to the task of taking no. on those two dudes. No, they did not. They were a bunch of kids. They were scrappy. Yeah. And uh, Howland Reed like got taken out first blow. Basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like he gets a he gets a shot to the stomach. He he nearly gets his guts filled, but then he comes back at the end, and we find out that this supposedly noble showdown between Ned Stark and Arthur Dane ended with Helen Reed stabbing Arthur Dane in the back. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just that the show reminding us once again that, you know, history and truth are two very different things. Yeah. Like the, the official story of what happened is not necessarily what actually happened. And that, I think, is going to come very much into play when we see the other half of that scene, when he actually goes into the tower, which we did not see, and they cut away from, and ah, oh, in what was almost an author insertion moment, with the showrunners basically going, "No, no, no, that's enough for now." Like, come on now, guys, really? Yeah, we got another seven episodes to go. Oh, so. But this is the thing: are they going to draw that out for another seven episodes? I, don't think I so. really hope not. No, I really I hope so. we get it. Because remember, he kept saying the man in the tree is like, "I have waited in this tree for a thousand years." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever says, "Really? You just you went? You didn't even go on a holiday at some yeah, point? Like, like, yeah. Maybe spend a decade in the Maldives, just scuba diving or something?" Like, you know, we've all break. we've all had that time, man. We always spend a couple of days. Like we don't, you know, you don't you don't go outside for a while. I mean, but... if you had the power of foresight, surely you would have known. <laughs> when I would come here, and so you could have yeah, probably taken it easy yeah. for a few millennia. So, oh, well. Centuries. you got your whole tree thing, though. That's, that's cool. Yeah, you be the old man in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> like a Hemingway novel. <laughs> the old man in the tree. But he said, what did he say? I've forgotten the point. What Ned, I think, would have done, though, with that history versus truth yeah. is worn his victory like a hair shirt. Yes. Like, yeah. not even have ever wanted to speak about it. I, yeah. I can see that being a famous story everyone else told. Yeah, like, like Helen Reed probably went from there and told well, everyone that... I know. don't know, because Helen Reed, I'm pretty sure in the books, like when you first meet mm. Jojen and Mira, they sort of talk about Howland as a bit of a... They're a bit of an insular family. Oh, okay. You know, they don't All kind right. of get out much. They're... Yeah. Not really. So I can imagine him kind of keeping the secret as well. Like maybe he didn't want to be known as the guy who stabbed, you know, Arthur Dane in yeah, the back. Exactly. And so sort of said, Ned, can you take on 
sort of the the, the victory. Yeah, and and it, it might have it might have just been one of those things where Ned just like lied by omission and said like you know we fought a big battle, both the Kingsguard fell, they died honorably. I was alive at the end of it, you know, and everyone went, oh, you had a great victory. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And it was funny because thinking about how that was a moment of not dishonor, but certainly not honor for Ned, the way that Ned was so incurably honorable. And I do wonder if that kind of influenced him. I think he was always an honorable guy, but if that influenced him even more to be like, nope, straight up and down. Always stick to the facts. I think from what we from what we know of what happened in the War of the Rebellion, that was, if not the first, then certainly not the last thing to happen to Ned, where he had his like his honor and his integrity called into question. Like, like or not 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 him personally, but the way he thought things went in the world just got all thrown to pieces. Like he 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 had this idea about chivalry and the way knights are supposed to behave. Mm. And then he actually gets into a war that ends with, you know, the slaughter of a, a family. And, you know, he's like, well, that's not how things, that's not always how things go. Mm. That's not always how it happens. And you can see he becomes a much, a much more quiet and, and bitter man after that. You can, so, you can see why he went up to the north, you know, when Robert first arrives yeah, up north. Because they haven't nope. seen you for nine years. Yep, so I'm well, staying away yeah. from all of that. Uh, so that was, yeah, I, I mean, I love seeing that. The, the fight scene itself, the choreography it was, was fantastic. so good. And they, they obviously, they, they didn't want to mess this up. Like, this is a, this is an iconic scene from the books. This is something that even the show has been building towards. And they didn't want to mess it up. But the, it, it didn't, it wasn't a huge moment of glory, glory, glory. It was, you know, it was, a, it was a dirty, scrappy fight, but it, it was just so well done. You believed every sword thrust. Like, it was amazing. Like, just... You, you, it wasn't a situation where you didn't believe two guys could hold off six guys. Mm. You know, you absolutely believe those two Kingsguard could wipe the floor with them and were before, you know, just stuff happened. Yeah. It was great. It was so and, good. And it's only the, two of them survived out of six. Yes, exactly. And it's the antithesis of that fight in Dawn uh, last season between, like, Bron and the Sand Snakes, where, like, oh, yeah. it's just the worst choreography, which apparently they rushed. Like, they had to do it basically on the day because, like, scheduling or something happened ah. and they had to to do it and you, when you watch it it's just like oh well, yeah obviously that's why it's so bad because it's just like they they made it up on the spot and imagine being that guy who's arthur dane this legendary character and he's just in one scene he's in one scene yeah but he'll be on merchandise for the rest of his life yeah that's he'll true. be able to dine out on that and they had such great armor like they really looked it was fantastic with the the the, the king's guard like the shining what like literally knights in shining armor with the targaryen yeah. crest on it yeah it was fantastic and then he was that gallant knight saying, I wish you well in the wars to come. Yeah. You know, there was not, there was a sense of resignation that this was always yeah. going to happen. Absolutely. And now I have to kill you, Ned Stark. Yeah. He's been given a, a mission by his prince and that's what he's going to do. Do you think we'll see then next week? Oh, we were just talking about that. But yes, I think we'll see next week. I really hope they do because if they have That's if they what the Raven said. What did he say? I just remembered. What did he say? He told Bran, what you're not he going say? to be. What did he say? What did he say? He told Bran, you're not going to be here for long. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is good because it's starting to get tedious. It's going to move. <laughs> well, there's only been two flashback <coughs> scenes. You can't... No, no, no. But I mean, like, the brand story needs to get into gear, you know, and it's great. I love all the flashback stuff, but all the stuff actually in the tree is very tedious and we need to stop that. So keep it going, guys. All right. Well, in the time we have left, let's try to whip around <laughs> all of the other plot lines and developments that we saw. Brief shout out to Sam and Gilly. Yes. On a boat. They're on a boat. In a storm. Mm-hmm. Sam's throwing up everywhere. Because as of, you do. Because of course sympathize. he is. Of course, first of all, of course he is. Yeah. But I do thoroughly sympathize as someone who does get basically that seasick. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm not a seaman. Well, I come from a... What a am naval I? family? I do come from a naval family. My father is a marine pilot. My grandfather was in the Polish Navy and then a yes. marine pilot or a trade... Um, Merchant Navy man. So you're, like the, you're, you're the you're the Greyjoys of, of this podcast. I and, should be, and I'm the hot pies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be a uh, Yara Greyjoy. Yes, <laughs> as we've worked out before, I am lawless. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good with the sea either. I mean, to the tremendous yeah. disappointment of my father, I did not inherit his. So you're a little bit like Sam in that way, although you, yeah. your father never threatened to kill you. I don't think, but oh look. <laughs> Days. Some Christmases, you know, oh, yeah. words have been said. Oh, he's all right. Mostly. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't mean to start that. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So Gilly is fine. Never been in the boat. Never yeah, seen the sea or anything. Sure. She's fine. Little Baby, Sam's fine. Fine. Sam up chucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just green, you know. Yeah. And she realizes that Sam's not taking her to Old Town. Yes. When he becomes a maester because they don't let women in. Hmm. Patriarchy. Anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's the time you want to vocalize a hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag patriarchy. So Gilly is like, no, 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 I'm coming with you. You said wherever you went, I would go. Hmm. And Sam's like, well, yeah, but I kind of said that. So you would just come with me and be safe. <laughs> And when he says he's taking her to his home, immediately we're all a bit panicky because we know the story of his dad. Yes. But he swears that his mother and his sister are lovely. I mean, can we count on that? Or Well, I don't know. Does he and even know if they're still alive? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? And I'm, with any luck, we're going to find out because I think they do need to... If they've decided to keep those actors in, and obviously they have, except for Bran and Hodor, they basically don't like to drop characters for a season. So in a book, for example, you could send them away and have them just be somewhere else, and they could show up again. Like Rickon. Yeah, exactly, mm. you know. But unfortunately, like, you have actors that need to get paid and don't want to go on and do other things. They want to, You want to keep them on the show, so you need to find stuff for them to do. So obviously that's what they're doing. So they're not going to go to Old Town first. They're going to go to Sam's parents, which is going to be awkward. And I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes down. Yeah, how does he do that? This is a wildling with a baby that's not mine, but I've kind of adopted it. Yeah. And I need you to look after her and don't kill her. Yeah, please don't kill her. Because I'm going to learn how to be a maester. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just worried about Sam, that's all. Because the last time he did something to do to keep Gilly safe, he put her in that brothel in Moletown. Yes, Just outside Castle Black. And she was nearly killed by wildlings. By Igreet. Yeah. It was Igreet who let her go because she saw her with the baby and went, bugger off. So I'm really intrigued as to how that will go down. But what was really sweet about that scene was that Gilly, when he said and explained his reasons, she went, okay, I'll trust you. And I didn't take that as a, okay, I'll do whatever the man says. I took that very much of, we know that you're just trying to protect us. So if you have your reasons and you know, we can't get into, you know, the maces, it's obviously just going to make things harder. So, okay, we'll, we'll, Hmm. we'll work to this plan now. This is the new plan. Exactly. And I liked that because I think that showed the, the respect they have for each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they've, they've been through a lot together. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice that they that she sort of trusts him now. Mm. And somebody pointed out that the baby Sam looks a bit like Prince George now. <laughs> He's all very blonde and cherubic. He is very, very blonde. And there's very a joke blonde. to be made there about inbreeding, so... <laughs> Just Bum-bum. like that silent stand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's Sam and Gilly. Let's go to King's Landing. Yes. Where there's been a bunch of things happening. The first thing being Jamie and Cersei are now just permanently getting around with Frankenmountain. Just Frankenmountain is just tooling around with them everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And, and Jamie keeps kind of trying to sass him. He's, Can he understand us? Can he understand us? And, and, you know, although not that he could ever understand complete sentences. And then his head just goes... <laughs> You know, more fine acting work by Charles Mark from Fenol, the Icelandic, the Icelandic giant, giant playing the mountain. Do you think? I mean, could you put that on a business card? Icelandic giant. That would be the best it's business. Pretty card. great. I wish I could have that on my it's business. Pretty card. great. That was one of the questions actually in yeah. the trivia night. Was how many actors have played the mountain, and I got three. that right because it's it was three, yeah. three. Yeah. and that's only because we did the rewatch where you pointed yes, out it's a different guy in season two. That's who exactly looks right. too, too, too skinny. Yeah, yeah too he's skinny. like a big, tall, gangly dude that doesn't work. But yeah, anyway. he's all shoulders. Yeah. No yeah. no front, he's all side. No yeah. front. <laughs> Kyburn, who's the new Master of Spies, mm. I guess, and he's inherited Varys' little birds, yeah. who yes. turns out to be actual children. Yes, which instantly struck me as creepy, but then the an show old, doesn't... An old man, an old man giving, giving kids children sweets. sweets. In so, so probably, probably good silence. instincts. Probably good instincts. Yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like the show goes out of its way to show that it's not creepy in that sense. You yeah, know, like I actually don't get a huge vibe of... No, and it's not. I don't think that's what's going yeah. on there. Like, he's using them like Varys did. They are the internet to, of Westeros. Yes, exactly. 
They are the Twitter. They well, are they literally like, um, the Twitter. They, they remind me a lot um, in the Sherlock, in Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, he has his little Baker Street irregulars, yeah, which um, yeah. run around and give him information and stuff, and it's very similar. Yeah, and he's always dropping a copper in their palm yes. and giving him a tussle of their forelock or something <laughs> to say thank you. All right, Mr. Holmes, I saw that, Mr. Moriarty, going down Baker Street and looking at your house, sir. Ah, yes. Now, nah, if he was looking at my house. Thank you, Wilkins. <laughs> uh, I can't maintain that. I had caffeine yesterday accidentally, mm. Stu, because I had a Mountain Dew. I've been off caffeine for six weeks as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Accidentally had a Mountain Dew. So the spike and then a sudden drop. I think I'm dropping now because I didn't realize Mountain Dew was caffeinated now. No, until it's the I most was caffeinated. Almost out of the bottle. <laughs> And it was just as well because I was recapping last night and I was still up at midnight going, I thought I'd be sleepier by now. <laughs> and then I pinked. Instead of just vibrating softly, yeah. this is really strange. So I'm trying to be off the caffeine. So if I do have a sudden drop-off, that's I have been having sudden drop-offs to okay. this recording. Yes. So that explains it. So Kyburn has the little birds now. Cersei wants all the information. She yes. wants to know Everything, any gossip, any tidbits, any And I hate. really, I love that so much because it feels like Cersei's back for the first time. Like she's been kind of, she's been grieving, she's been shut off, but she's, she's back. Like she's, she's back as a, a villain. Like she's, She kind of feeds on that hate because yeah. I was sort of saying in my recap, oh, you'll go crazy, you know, listening to all that stuff about the naked mm. queen walking in, in shame and... But I, I think you're right. She does kind of feed off all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she lets the hate power her. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. What is it in Doctor Who? They land the TARDIS over like an energy hole. <laughs> yes. Gossip <laughs> is like her energy hole. Yes. What? <laughs> Sounds really <laughs> That's weird. That's immediately falling apart. So <laughs> <laughs> Lack of caffeine, I told you. Exactly. Then they turn up at the small council meeting. Yes. And Sir Kevin Lannister is handed the king. Which I guess he's been since Tywin died. Uh, yeah, well, I think, yeah, he got appointed just, pretty soon after Tywin died. Did we see him much last season? Because Tywin died at the end of season four. No, we, we didn't, but I think he he was around and he was appointed um, in season five, so that was definitely And they thing. are not keen on Cersei and Jamie. No, really don't like Well, you know, because like everyone knows what they do now. Like, that's sort True. of out there. In fact, um, Lady Elena, the Queen of Thorns, is oh. back. And delivers a zinger. Yes. (laughs) Just fantastic. Like, I just, I love, I love her so much. She's so great. And she's basically only there to deliver lines like that. Like, that's what she's there for now, like, as a character. Yeah, because she can get away with that. Yeah, exactly. In some weird way, not even Cersei can really go up against her. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Probably because she just doesn't care. Like, if they killed her, she'd still be sassing them. Yeah, she'd be like, whatever, what am I going to do? Like, I had a good run. (laughs) <laughs> but she does care about Marjorie. I'll give her that. That's probably her weak spot. Yeah. And that's what she says, isn't it? Uh, you're not the queen because you're not married to the king. I appreciate in your family these things get confusing. <laughs> so good. But Nature. it is true, though. It is true. Like, you know, Cersei's plotting and so is Jamie. Like, you know, Jamie's backing her up and she's doing all these plots and stuff. Right. And she's not even the queen. She's not anything, really. She's the, she's queen, the mother. queen mother. But I felt that Jamie was trying to put out the golden hand of friendship, as it were, to say, look, yes. there's been a revolution in Dawn. Yeah. We need we to should, actually plan We should some deal things. with this. And the small council are like, nah. Well, Kevin Lannister is like, nah. Yeah. And Pycelle, of course, because we have that moment of Pycelle when he's just sitting there bagging them out and bagging out what they've done <laughs> to Gregor Clegane. And then they just come gliding into the room like Morticia Adams. <laughs> he has that incredible moment of, they're right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you hear his fart? He farted. What's that? What is that? I only picked that up when I kind of went back to check a line and went, hang on, was that? That was literally a fart. And I wonder if that was in the script or if there was just like a pause there for long enough. They went, hey, let's just add in the Foley effect. That almost feels like an editing joke that made it into the actual episode. Like they almost did that by accident. <laughs> like that was something they did to make themselves laugh in the editing suite, and then they forgot to take it out. Because it is so out of place. It's, like, it's very just, bizarre. It's it was very bizarre. Very I think strange. that's why I mustn't have heard it the first time around, because it just but it's, it, didn't it's, register in my brain yeah. that that could actually happen. But not, not only that, because there was uh, there was an amazing um, bad lip-reading... Um, I, I don't know whether you've ever seen... There's a web series called Bad Lip Reading. Yeah, isn't it Bad Lip Dubs or something? And they... Yeah, well, it's, called, it's called Bad Lip Reading. And he looks, he, he, he takes like a bunch of different things 
and just redubs them with, you know, funny stuff. Yeah. And but wasn't he did this, this Medieval Fun Time? He did this amazing yeah. thing called Medieval Fun Time Land, which is, uh, you know, a, a, a romantic comedy set in a medieval reenactment village using footage from Game <laughs> of Thrones. And Pycelle's character in that just farts all the time. <laughs> right? And so that's why I didn't immediately register, because I'm actually used to seeing Pycelle just farting, <laughs> like doing comedy farts all the time. Because I've watched that video like 50 times. Because it's, it's the best. Look it up. Medieval Fun Time Land. If you haven't seen I, it, it's one it's of those so things good. Because obviously I'm well known for being into Game of Thrones. It's one of those things that I get posted to my wall on Facebook. Yeah. Generally once a month, once yeah. every two months, yeah, yeah. someone will go, oh my God, Natalie, have you have seen, you seen this? this? It's like, I'm all It's like the it. same time I always get the picture of Dorothy yeah. from The Wizard of Oz yes. saying, I miss... Kansas, and then Toto, her dog, saying, "I miss the rains down in Africa." Which is that is not a is actually inaccurate. The lyrics, I misquote. I misquote. I find yes. it offensive as yes. a fan of Africa yeah. by Toto. Absolutely, it's offensive to me, yeah. and yet that is posted on my Facebook wall, <laughs> generally two, three times a month, <laughs> by everyone who thinks they're so clever because yeah. they found this thing, and Natalie would love that. Well, Natalie is standing up for Toto and saying, "No more. <laughs> find some better Toto memes." But anyway, like I think there's there's been a a, a rich history yeah. of Pycelle farting in like fan videos in a non-official in capacity. a non-official capacity, and then suddenly in this episode so, he just lets one rip, and I'm like, that has to be a mis- that has to be like a joke or like surely then it's a bit of a nod to that video. It might be, it might be, and if so, that's really awesome. I love that. That's it. it would oh. be it would be pretty sweet. Who knows? But yeah, like the uh, Monty Python, I fart in your general direction. Yes. Yeah, there's a fighting theme emerging yeah. from the Easter eggs. Yeah, absolutely. In Game of Thrones. <laughs> I think we've cracked the egg there. Smell the sulfur. Ah. <laughs> so the small council go away, and Cersei and Jamie were just left sitting there in silence. This, this... And, there, and again, there was there was a wonder. They, they left it just a bit longer yeah. than you would expect. Yeah. Like, they're just sort of sitting there quietly, not doing anything, and then it cuts and away. And what can they do at this point? I well, mean, yeah. Cersei, though was hinting that she was going to be charged by the High Sparrow. Yes. So yeah, she'd yeah. done her walk of shame, but that was just the start of her atonement. Yeah. She has to go on trial soon or something mm. too, because they were saying that the mountain just needs to be fit enough to do mm. trial by combat. Yes. So evidently she will pick it as her champion. And then we see the High Sparrow in deep conversation with Tommen, who tries to be all fiery and kingly and say, let my mother go. But ends up in this deep conversation with the High Sparrow about what is good and what is just and how the gods work through us. And and I think Tom and sort of yearning for a father figure kind of is susceptible to that kind of talk. Not in a religious way, but just in a a how do I be a good king? Yeah, and he's a very very weak character, you know, like he's he's just a nice kid who shouldn't be king. He should never have been, should never be king. No, but in that sequence, he talks about how, what do you need to be a good king? And he refers to the High Sparrow saying something similar to him that Tywin said to him. Remember after Joffrey died and Tywin Mm. was sort of quizzing him saying what, what makes a good king? Yeah. So there's some comparisons there between the High Sparrow and Tywin Mm. being that strong male father figure. Yeah, absolutely. Father figure that Tommen is reaching out to. And I just wonder how that will affect that relationship with Cersei because he just kind of rebonded with Cersei last episode. Yeah, exactly. So he's clearly going through a bit of an internal struggle, wanting to save his mum. But But that's what makes it so strange is that he just immediately goes, oh, okay, let's sit down and have a chat. Yeah, he was all fired up and then he he goes in. Yeah, but the Sparrow seems to have this weird magic pull over people where just by going, oh, do you mind if I sit down? My knees are a bit sore. And Mm. then everyone kind of goes, oh, that's right. You're just an old man. And he kind of uses his frailty to get in with people. I still don't understand what his end game is. It's, It's really hard for me to kind of come up with something that I think he's doing or... You yeah, know, well, does he want Cersei to die for her sins? Does he want the whole? Because clearly, there's been a massive kind of standoff between yeah, I wonder church because, and state for want of yeah, exactly. I, I I think earlier this season I said you know I think we can take him at face value. I think he is just genuinely one of those like super devout people who genuinely believes that if everyone just follows their religion, everyone will be happy. But then I wonder, like, because he he does take the effort to sit down with Tommen and. 
really get in his ear. And I wonder how much of that is like calculated, if that makes sense. Like he really wants to get in the king's ear and sort of try and move him mm. towards, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. It just seems really strange. Well, let's leave that there and head over to Marine and the Dothraki Sea. Let's yes. start in base Dothrak. Yes. Where Danny is taken to the Doshkaleen. <laughs> See, I'm practicing my Dothraki because I've still got to write this damn poem. Yes, yes, that's right. Doshkaleen. I was listening to them speaking in Dothraki going, can I understand it? No, I can't understand no, any of no that. Way. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm just reading the subtitles and pretending. <laughs> So I, I had this brief flirtation going, wouldn't it be great if she rocked up there and all the women went, great, now you're here. We can launch our female rebellion. And then I went, they're not like that. Yeah, no. It's not going <laughs> to happen. It's not going to happen. Basically, Danny is has two options, neither of her choice. One yeah. is to live out her days in base Dothrak as a former you know, wife of the Carl. Yeah. Uh, the second is to be meted out whatever punishment the Carls of the Great Kalasars yeah. expect and want to give her, which could be death, I guess, or be. being passed around a camp as a camp follower. Who knows? Yeah. All we can really hope is that Drogon's still around and he's going to come out. Well, I hope so. There was that shot from the trailer of him sort of looming over what looked like a Dothraki village. Yeah. So that'll be cool. I just, I wonder if this is all a bit of filler for Danny. It does seem, it does seem they had to take Danny off the board yeah. for a while now. And clearly her nudity clause is working well. Oh, yeah. She got stripped. <laughs> And we only saw her from the back. I think I saw a hint of side boob. Uh, it was mostly about, it was mostly shadows. It was and, mostly yeah. back. And yeah, that's working well for her. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. Meanwhile, in Marine, Varys is all hot and bothered and interrogates a woman called <laughs> Valor. I think he, the start of that. All I could think of was that uh, scene from The Simpsons where he's like, "I do want today." <laughs> Just fanning himself. Have you? Do you know which one I'm talking oh. about? Probably very specific I just sort of think of the hedonism boss from Futurama. <laughs> and so he interrogates this woman about the Sons of the Harpy and the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And she has a bunch of knowledge, apparently, but says, I can't tell you, they'll kill me. And so he offers another way out, which is passage to Pentos and a lot of money. To yes, and, and we actually see Varys in action. This is obviously yeah. how he's built his network. And he doesn't, he's definitely a. a carrot over a stick kind of guy. Like, mm. he thinks... Catch more flies with honey. Yeah, absolutely. Like, people will, if, if you make them happy, just with a tiny bit of a threat built into but it. But it's not... He doesn't have to threaten. He just no, needs to he, draw the person in and along such a way that their imagination comes up with exactly. the Exactly, yeah. It's very clever. It is. It and is very I clever. wish I had his level of strategic ability. <laughs> Because I'm just more like, ah, tell me, please, please, come on. I'll tell you something about me. <laughs> come on. And yeah, it's funny because, like, the information that he does eventually get out of the out of the girl is basically what we had suspected anyway, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it turns out the masters from the other cities are funding the rebellion in Marine. Breaking news. Stop the presses. Yeah. The people who were overthrown are now mounting a rebellion. I cannot believe this. It's crazy. So he he tells Tyrion that he'll get a message to his little birds, to the slave owners, so they'll have a conversation. And we should just touch on as we wrap up Tyrion's fantastic little scene with (laughs) Missandei and Grey Worm. The the straightest faced characters in the whole show. Like and no emotion. Bouncing up against Tyrion Lannister. Just, Tyrion, yeah. who is all feeling and intelligence <laughs> and passion and and he tries to play. He, he tries joy. to play that game with them, where it's like, I, yeah. I guess I make a statement about you, and he, he says, "You don't have to drink." I make a statement about you, and then he goes, "Oh, I suppose you probably do have to drink." Yeah. To play this game. <laughs> but he's just, you know, he's got Varys to have a bit of a conversation with, which is yes. nice. But he's trying to, and they're not bad people, you know. They're wonderful. No, no, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. They just have a completely different worldview that's to right, yeah. Tyrion. And he's all wine, women, and song, and they're just like buttoned down. What do you talk? What would you talk about? Because of course they're kind of in love. <laughs> yeah. And so you sort of think, oh, maybe they'd talk to each other about something. No, no, we'll talk about patrol. Yeah. What happened on patrol? <laughs> Who we caught on patrol? It's like wow. The Thr- mind boggles. Thrilling, thrilling nights in the yeah. Sandy Grey Worm house. I know. I kind of want to do it just like an ongoing sketch comedy now. Of like, <laughs> living at home with Grey Worm and Miss Sandy. <laughs> How was your day? Good. Good. 
My day was also good. I am glad. Live it up. We'll do another one next week. Yes. Find out what happens next. So we are, I think, pretty much. Uh, oh, <laughs> Aria. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look, I didn't mind it this week. I think it was a bit better. She it had a it cool was good. Kind of training montage. She, it was a montage. It was absolutely a montage. Like I expected there to be pumping eighties eighties rock over the yeah. top of it. You're the best around. <laughs> Nothing gonna ever keep you down. And there wasn't, but hopefully there will be on YouTube very soon. Oh yes. Get on it, YouTube. Help. I, I don't know how to edit. I properly. suspect it's probably already out there. I haven't actually looked, but if it's if it's not, get on that because that's it's waiting. It's a gimmick. Come on, yeah, it's waiting. <laughs> it's like the Picel fart. It's a gift that they've given to yeah. you. It, it's interesting actually because some people like like for, for, for you and I, obviously, Aria's time is you know oh yeah, and also Aria did some stuff. Some people like um my wife is very into Aria's story and she was she was very very happy there was some movement she, she oh, said I was she reacted, happy there was movement too she reacted really straight she's like I, I love her story like I really love what she's going through and you know she's struggling and she she was blind and now she's got her sight back and you know I really she's really looking forward to what's going on there couldn't care less about what's happening with Daenerys and just is bored whenever she's on screen you know so people react to different parts of this show yeah. in different ways it's really interesting to see what draws some people in and what just bores other people. Well, I think we've been forgetting because there's not a, a huge link between Arya and any no, of the other yeah. characters. Whereas when we discuss and have a free-flowing conversation, one she kind just, of naturally leads to each other. Goes, whereas yeah. even Daenerys is still linked back to Marine and linked yeah, back to Dario and, and, and Jorah, who we haven't seen we haven't now for seen, a couple yeah. of eps. But Arya is completely isolated. Yeah. Story-wise. Absolutely. So I yeah. think that's why she's easy to forget. <laughs> to just forget. Doing these mega, <laughs> mega podcasts. But, I, you know, I agree with, with your wife is, is she did get some movement and it was good to see and eventually got her eyesight back, which was yes, exactly, yeah. great. And so clearly she's starting to pass these tests of how to be an assassin. Hmm. I'm still confused as to what might happen with that sword that she buried or how to, or maybe she's just able to be no one but still retain some kind of core or some sort of... Yeah. memory, like an imprint of Arya Stark that she can just kind of shrug off mm. like a cape um, to be no one. Yeah, I, so, I, I genuinely don't know what they're going to do with her storyline. Like, I don't know how it's going to integrate back mm. into everyone else. We'll see. But just it feels like something's got to happen to draw her back into everything else that's happening. She's so far away. Yeah. Like, someone will have to come to town and either find her or bump into her. Maybe is she on is she on Essos? She's she's in Bravos. So that's in on Bravos. Essos. Yeah. Would she hook up with like Tyrion and Varys and Danny and everyone? They're a long way away. They are a long way away. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the that. maps, <laughs> which I have, they're over in Slavers Bay. Yeah. Okay. Area. Okay. That's true. Where she's on that because like Westeros can trade with Bravos, so like they're quite yeah, and that, that you know Bravos are the big bank, so clearly yeah. they've got to be somewhere more central where. So she maybe, maybe she'll get through. drawn back into like the Westeros stuff that's happening. I mean, maybe. I hope I so. Know. I hope so. But again, well, th- this is the thing it's too. It's sort of like, nice to see the Starks coming back into starting play. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. As a force, because they just Absolutely. seemed decimated there for a while. Yeah, we didn't see Sansa this this week, but we saw we saw Arya. We really checked in with Arya. We saw Bran. We saw Rickon. Yeah, who but I that, did not but, expect to be. But back. we know that Sansa's kind of she's free of Ramsay. She's hmm. with Brienne. Hopefully, she's got a bit of a yeah. chance there. She's heading towards the wall. Even John is sort of. Exactly. So we've got movement happening with the Stark inheritance enough to make you kind of feel like little fire, little, (laughs) you know, little embers are starting to flare for the Starks and they could regroup. Considering that the Lannisters are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good description, yeah. We didn't see the Greyjoys this week, so we haven't seen any fallout from Balon's death yet. Yeah. And we're still yet to see Marguerite get out of jail in King's Landing, so High Garden's in an odd position. But we could have some action with the Starks coming back and, yeah. you know, Ramsay getting over confident. So. I, I think so. that's what we'll see next week, hopefully. Yeah. I would love to see John meet up with Like Sansa, Sansa, Sansa and Brian on the road that or something? Be, like That would be my absolute, like, imagine a reunion between any of the Starks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. At them. this point, just any of them. It doesn't matter who. Just I'll take John. Music. I'll take John and Sansa. That's fine. Let's swelling that. music, sort of a look in the distance, maybe a run and a hug, and <laughs> you know you're alive. And I wasn't just the other week, but I am now. 
It's a good thing you caught me if you'd been here like a couple of days ago. It would have been bad. (laughs) So, Stu, let's leave it there. We've done another lengthy podcast. Sorry, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us in our (laughs) quirks. We will see you again next week Mm -hmm. for more Game of Thrones. Yes. Episode four. Yeah. And Burn after through. that, we'll be halfway. My Absolutely. God. It goes so quickly. Ten episodes. Do you realize that this season of Game of Thrones will end just before the Australian federal election? Well, that sounds fitting. So it all happens yeah. tidily. Absolutely. And wraps up. <laughs> and then we go to vote. Yes. So I'm just saying that maybe the candidates want to think about their Game of Thrones <laughs> positions to try to woo voters. Well, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> who, who do you support? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whose side are you on? When you play the game of politics, you win or you die. Stu, thank you so much again for joining me. This has been another episode of the Raven on Recap. Please, if you have a moment, go to iTunes and do a rating or a review. Yes, please, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. We would love any comments or suggestions. (laughs) Shut up. But reviews and things like that are great because obviously there's a lot of Game of Thrones podcasts. But if you like this one, then feel free to share, leave a review, rate us, whatever you like. And, yeah, hopefully we can spread the word. Absolutely. Raven on. Thanks for listening, guys. The punniest Game of Thrones title. <laughs> and they're all puns. Not, not the best, but they, we are the punniest. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And as we always like to say, follow more bullets. Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs>